right, church. Well, it's good to be here once again in the Lord's house. Uh, we're going to talk about motherhood today, being Mother's Day. There's a couple things in the announcements, though, I did uh, forget to mention that I just I was thinking about when we were singing. Um, you know, I'm just very thankful for this church, thankful for all of you guys. Um, just, just two things real quickly that I wanted to just encourage you with. Um, if some of you haven't seen the little video that I shared on Signal the other night, uh, I would just encourage you to, to watch that. It's very encouraging. Um, it's just very encouraging for somebody, you know, for those of us who are in a small church. Because guys, don't ever be discouraged about that. Um, nowhere in the Bible does, is the emphasis on size, but the emphasis is on purity, on godliness, on maturity. And I see that in our church. I see every one of you guys growing. Every one of you guys has a love for the Scriptures, a love for the lost, a love for each other. And I praise God for you guys. I praise God for our church. So uh, I just pray that that would be an encouragement to you. And that's why the pastor who shared it, shared it. Because it's very biblical. And so, and then I also wanted to mention um, that I was just thankful to, to be able to go out to our neighborhood yesterday once again. Jamie joined me. And we was able to knock on, I think, 65 more doors and, um, and you know, guys, it's just uh, every time we do it, you know, many people don't answer the door, but many do. And so we, we give them the go- we get the gospel into every one of those homes, leave them a flyer. But just a just a reminder, guys, of why we do that. You know, why we go out. Why this this life is short. And these people are if they don't know Christ, the Bible describes them as the wicked, and they're a heartbeat away from hell. And so that's why we go. Uh, we saw everything. From yesterday, from a, a guy almost wanting to fight us, to a young man. So I asked the question when, when, you know, if I'm able, I just ask people, and it gives them something to think about. Are your sins forgiven? And usually, you can tell, man, they're they're thinking. And I tell you what, I got the best answer we've had so far yet yesterday by this young, probably in his mid twenties. He said, "Yes, I think." Or he goes, "Yes, my sins are forgiven." And so if they say yes, I just followed up with, "Okay, could you, you know." Tell me why you think that. He said, well, because God has showed me how depraved I am and, and, and my need for Jesus Christ and that He is the only one who can save me. And I just literally shouted, we have a winner. <laughs> but it's real refreshing, but it's amazing how many people I've asked that question. He's the only one who could answer like that. It was refreshing. So we had fellowship with him for a few minutes and met others in between, shared the gospel with some guys. So just, uh, you know, just if you ever want to join us, and if not, please pray. Please pray that God will change hearts. Even, even people we don't even talk with as we, we place the gospel in their door. So, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that, that I'm thankful that we have those opportunities. And so, God is merciful to sinners still. He's saving sinners just like He saved us. So just pray, even if we never hear from Him, just pray that God will have mercy upon many. So today we're going to talk about uh, the fifth commandment, honor your mother. Obviously, everything we say today, or a lot of things we say today, could be applied to the Father. <laughs> right? The fifth commandment is honor your father and mother, but today we're going to take a look at mothers. Uh, there would be some guys who I've heard in the past, guys who would proudly say they're reformed. I think they're, sometimes I think these guys are too reformed for their own good. They'd say, man, it's, it's sin to talk about honoring your mother on the Lord's Day because it's the Lord's Day. Well, the fifth commandment says honor your mother. <laughs> so we are worshiping Christ today. And we are worshiping Christ today by honoring our mother, like the text says. So uh, 
I just had to say that. I don't think there's anything wrong at all. We're not bowing down to mothers. We're honoring them. And um, so that's what we're doing today. We are worshiping Christ by honoring our mother. The, the text says in Exodus 20, verse 12, the Ten Commandments, part of the moral law of God, honor your mother. Honor your mother. So how, how important is this to God to honor our mothers? Well, obviously it's important because it's in His law. It's in His moral law. That same moral law that's written on the heart that we told the guy yesterday, Jamie, and he knew it. His mouth was shut. You could see him under conviction by the moral law. But this is one of those law. This is one of the commandments that's written on the heart. And you know, you can see this. You can see this in our society. You can see it with people who they have no allegiance to Jesus Christ. You could see it, you know, I think maybe of a big biker gang. And you see a big strong biker, and if you say one thing about his mother, what happens naturally? Don't be talking about my mother. Because we all have this innateness that we're made in the image of God. And we have a love for our mother. We understand that. We're to honor our father and mother. What I'm saying is, you don't have to be a Christian to understand this. Right? Our mother is who gives us birth. So there's a, there's a, natural, a natural truth with that. That we, wanna, we have a... We have a desire to honor our mother. We don't want to see our, our mother's name, you know, talked in a negative sense. But how important is this to God? In Ezekiel 22, verses 7 and 15, uh, the prophet Ezekiel says this in verse 7. It says, They have treated father and mother lightly within you, meaning within the nation of Israel. He says, they, The Lord says, They have treated father and mother lightly within you. And then he says this in verse 15, I will scatter you among the nations and I will disperse you through the lands. In other words, he was saying that this was one of the reasons, not the only reason obviously, but one of the reasons that judgment came to Israel. They weren't honoring father and mother. Father and mother, he says, you treated them very lightly within the nation. So God takes this very serious, this whole idea about honoring your mother. So what that text is saying, that's part of the reason they went into judgment. That's part of the the cause that they went into judgment. But I think if you look at Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 30, I think this whole idea of honoring your parents, it's not only the... it's the, uh, it's, It's the cause, it can be the cause of judgment and the result of God's judgment both. Verse Romans 1, 28-30, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. So, right, right that's, I mean, that's, our, that's our culture today. It's individuals and that's our culture. When people just reject God, they don't acknowledge Him. It said, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient parents. This whole idea of honoring mother and father, I think it's rightly said in the Word of God. It can be explained in the Word of God as being both the cause and the result of God's judgment. Because we're under God's judgment right now. And part of that judgment, again, is, is just a, a growth in our culture of children not honoring their parents. And, and it brings judgment as well. It's kind of like abortion, right? Abortion brings God's judgment. 
So it can be the cause of it, but it's also the result of it. We are, we are under God's judgment by God allowing all this abortion because He's taken His hand of restraint off. So we're under the wrath of God. So that's, that's what we see. God, God takes this very serious. We do not honor father and mother. So the question, it's on, your, it's on your outline today, guys. The title of the message is Honor Your Mother. The question is, why should you honor your mother? We could just say, well, because God says so. In Exodus 20, verse 12, and that's the end of the sermon. That would be a correct answer, right? God says so. And that is true. Honor your father and mother. But let's look at four reasons where we can break that down a little further. Why should you honor your mother? And again, all of this would apply to fathers as well. But today we're focusing on mothers. Why should you honor your mother? Well, the first thing we'll talk about for a few minutes is the fact that Satan hates motherhood. So if Satan hates it, we need to do just the opposite. We need to do just the opposite. So we want to honor our mothers because because Satan hates our motherhood. So as our culture continues to plunge in this Romans 1 uh, depth down into the sewer, you know, we've rejected God. As our culture continues to plunge down into the sewer, we see these movements like the LGBTQ. I think there's even more letters on the end of that now. I'm not sure. If, if they are, I don't know what they mean. But LGBTQ movement, lesbian, gay, uh, bi, transgender, queer, I think I got those right. But as, as these type of movements, we see sweep our land, transgender movement, homosexual movement, Guys, all of this is an attack on the family. Right? You understand that? That's what all this is. It's not an accident. If you remember just a few years ago, when they legalized homosexual marriage, mirage, if you remember their argument back then is, we just want to be accepted. So that, that was never it. That was never it. No, they want domination. You have to remember who's behind this, Satan, and he is a tyrant. Okay? He doesn't... It's not, it's not about wanting to be accepted. It's, one, it's about dominating. It's about destroying everything that's uh, precious to God is what it's about. It's an attack on the family, which is God's first institution that He created, the, the family. It's an attack on fathers. Although we're not talking about fathers today, it is an attack on fathers. It's an attack on children. Right? This whole movement is an attack on children. They're not pro-children. They hate children. They want to mutilate young girls and castrate young boys. This is evil. And yes, it is an attack on our topic today on motherhood. It's an attack on women. That's what's going on in our culture right now. It's an attack on women. It's an attack on God's design. What God has designed in His wisdom. We see it in Genesis 5 verse 2. It says, He created them male and female. Did you ever think that saying such a foundational truth as creating them male and female, did you ever think that would create so much controversy? <laughs> male and female. And one day that will probably be a crime in this land to say that there are two genders. He's created a male and female. I'll never stop saying it. I will never call a female a male. I will never call a woman a man, ever. I will never call a man a woman. I've been asked to by big men with beards and deep voices. I'm not a sir. I've seen the same one twice. 
in Oklahoma City. But I've met several of them. Well, not several. I've met a few of them. They have beards. They have deep voices. They're big. And they don't want me to call them sir because they're not a sir. No, yes they are. It's insanity, is it not? But that's what's going on. It's an attack on God's design. Jesus said it in Matthew 19, 4-6. He repeats it. He says, have you not read? Have you not read? That tells you right there, many times he does that, what he thinks of the Old Testament. It's the Scriptures. Have you not read that He who created them from the beginning made them male and female? From the beginning, male and female. Not male and female and all the other hundreds of genders. Male and female. That's how they were created. And He said, for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother this was in Genesis 2.24 that he's repeating now. And he said, for this reason, man shall leave his father and mother, right? Not father and father, not mother and mother, father and mother and be joined to his wife. He shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. You guys are saying this is real obvious. Yeah, we want to clarify that. We want to speak clearly. Joined to his wife, not to his husband. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. We even see the value of marriage there. How our society, you know, it's just uh, make divorce as easy as you can, right? Just throw marriages away for no reason. But it it says one flesh. The, The man and woman, the husband and wife come together. One flesh. Which that, that, that even then goes into God's other command to be fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful and multiply. The marriage union. That's what He told Adam and Eve in Genesis 1.28. And then He repeated it to Noah and his sons in Genesis 9.1. This whole deal of procreation that comes through the marriage. Satan wants to destroy all of this. He wants to destroy all of it. But the marriage bed is... The marriage is undefiled. The marriage bed is undefiled, the writer of Hebrews says. But let fornicators and adulterers be judged. But there's an attack on all of this design. Satan hates God. Satan hates his design. And church, in case you have not uh, been aware of it, yet we are in a real war. We are in a war in our culture. A war for the souls of men. A war for children. A war for families. And so we have to stand strong. We have to stand with the truth of God's Word in love, with boldness, and declare the truth. The devil, and I will say rightly so, through our government, he wants to mutilate our daughters. That's what they want to do. They want to mutilate our daughters. They want to blur their identity as even being a woman made in the image of God and keep them from ever having children. Can you see how it's an attack? On all of God's original design, the family, and even procreation. It's an attack on that. It's an attack on life itself. This is pure evil. Beloved, Satan hates motherhood. And then obviously, if pregnancy does happen to occur, that's an easy solution to that as well, right? Just murder the baby. Just execute the baby. Again, our government... And I will say, 
specifically the Democratic Party, beloved, it is absolutely demonic. There is nothing, nothing that they stand for that is good anymore. Okay? We're not talking about which, which uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, which has the best plan for America. That's not even what we're talking about anymore. This is pure, demonic, and evil. Abortion on demand is what they push for. It's all murder. But it's like, let's get it as barbaric as we can possibly get it now, even after birth. Satan hates motherhood. He hates motherhood. He hates mothers. If you're a mother, if you're a woman, he hates you. And he has convinced millions that it is better to murder your child. It's more convenient to murder your child rather than to carry the child. Rather than to give birth to the child. Rather than to nurture the child. Rather than to care for the child and love them. Beloved, we must be clear. We must be clear to women in love and to our culture that the the women who do this are not victims. They're not victims. They choose to murder their children. And why is that important? So we can be hateful? Not at all. Because the hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if somebody is being told that they're a victim, rather than they're guilty, they're going to never see their need for Christ. And so we always take the gospel to those who are guilty of abortion or any other sin and say, there's hope for you. There's forgiveness for you. We have the answer for that. We're not the enemies of those who commit an abortion. We're their friends. We have the message of reconciliation. That even even though you may have murdered your baby, and it is murder, you can be forgiven and saved and reconciled to a holy God. So we must remember, our weapon is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We take the gospel to this world. Okay, You never know who you're talking with. That maybe you don't know. Maybe they have had an abortion. In the past, you don't even know it, but they need the gospel either way. So we take the gospel to this world, beloved. Can I encourage you to do that? Can I encourage you to to, to make it all about the gospel? To make your relationships about the gospel? To make your mission about the gospel? Even to make the very things like social media about the gospel? It's okay to be on social media and, and share what's going on in your life with your family and trivial things. And I'm not saying this is like a command. What I'm saying is, let's do all to the glory of God. Even the very things like social media because it's such a big part of our life. But yeah, we are a nation gone mad, are we not? We are a nation gone mad. We are a nation gone mad under God's judgment. Total insanity in our land. That doesn't mean everybody is, obviously. There's many people out there who who have not gone insane. But from the top down, we are living in an insane culture right now. We're a nation given over to perversion of every sort and death. When you think about our culture, I've heard Jeff Rose use the phrase bloodlust. That's what it is. Violence, death, perversion. Eliminate life. That's, That's like the agenda. Eliminate life. Eliminate motherhood. Right? After all, if we can mutilate young girls and we can abort young girls, they're the ones who give us life. They're the ones who give birth. So if we eliminate them, you see what's going on? It's just wicked to the core. It's evil. Satan hates life. That's that's who's behind it all, obviously. Satan hates life 
And he hates truth. He's a murderer from the beginning and a liar. And so again, with our government, the ones who are running our country now, there is no resemblance of anything good. Nothing good. It is pure evil. And if you speak against that, which is obviously evil, you're called evil. Now you're called evil if you want to rescue babies. Now you're called evil if you want to call a man a man and a woman a woman and marriage between husband and wife. Now we must stand with the truth, beloved. Satan hates motherhood. Because Satan hates mothers and wants to destroy everything about motherhood, to our first point, we want to honor mothers. We want to honor motherhood. We want, to, we want to honor our mothers. We want to honor motherhood in general because Satan hates motherhood. And we stand everything that he is for. Secondly, very simple, right? We want to honor our mother because Satan hates motherhood. We want to honor our mother because God loves motherhood. God loves motherhood. And we love what God loves, amen? amen. If you're a professing Christian... And you don't love what God loves, you need to examine your heart. Examine your life. But we we want to honor mothers. Because God loves motherhood. God says in Exodus 20 verse 12, Honor your mother. Jesus repeats it in Matthew 15 4. Honor your mother. Paul repeats it in Ephesians 6, 2-3. Which is on the front of your bulletin. He repeats, he repeats the, the commandment. He says, Honor your father and mother. He, Paul adds this, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? It's what he says next. He says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you. That's quality of life right there. Honoring your parents. And that you may live long on the earth. That's quantity of life. That's just a general principle. Okay guys, you could say it like this. Nothing good will come from disobeying and dishonoring your mother. There's nothing good going to come from it. Really not. Now obviously, we can't cover every little nuance. If your mother's asking you to sin, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay? We're talking about just somebody who doesn't want to honor their parents. They want to honor their mother. They want to be rebellious. You know, why, why, honor, why honor our mothers? Again, God says so. <laughs> Hosea verse four, uh, chapter 14, verse 9, it says, The ways of the Lord are right. So that's a good reason, right? The ways of the Lord are right. God's design for families is good. God's design for families is perfect. He is the all-wise God, and so it's in our best interest to do what He says. Again, just so somebody could listen to this and, 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 and maybe think of a situation that maybe I haven't covered, so I, I tried to think of these. Honoring your mother, let's just say you're grown now, you're married, right? You have a wife. Honoring your mother doesn't mean putting your mother's wishes before your wives. Okay? So there's all kind of nuances in this. We're talking about generally speaking. We're to honor our parents. Honor our mother. 
God commands us to honor our mother. And we love God. So we obey God. Very simple. Beloved, when we don't, when we don't honor our mother, not only are we disobeying God, but we bring grief to her. We bring grief to her. Proverbs 10, verse 1. A foolish son is a grief to his mother. And I'm sure every mother that's been a mother very long could say amen. (laughs) It's just the reality of life. So we don't want to bring grief to our mothers. Why should you honor your mother? First of all, Satan hates motherhood. Secondly, God loves motherhood. Why should you honor your mother? Third, Jesus honored His mother. That's a good reason, right? We want to emulate Him. Because Jesus honored His mother. What does it look like to honor your mother when the Bible says honor your mother? Well, that can look differently depending on what stage of life you're in, right? That's going to look differently from somebody who's a five-year-old child compared to somebody who's a 60-year-old with his mother still alive. But we can see examples of this in Scripture in our text last week in Luke chapter 2, verse 51. If you guys remember, we had looked at his age when he was 12 years old, and then between then and when he started his ministry, roughly 18 years later, it says he continued in subjection to them. Joseph and Mary. He continued in subjection as a child. So what does it look like as a child? To honor your, to honor your mother means to obey them. To obey your mother because she's your mother. Because God says so. It means not to argue with mother. With mommy. Don't argue with mommy. She does have the final word. When it comes to a little child and his mother. Don't lie to your mom. These are all ways you honor your mom. And obviously as parents we teach these. Respect your mother. Again, I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving the... Uh, you know, this would include discipline. The, the mother disciplining. And, and so obviously I'm not, I'm not talking about the father today, right? Because the father's involved in this as well. At least in a perfect world he is. Uh, but what does it look like as an adult to honor your father? The command, it doesn't end when you move out. You move out of your home, the command's still there Honor your father and mother. John 19, verses 26 through 27. Jesus is now an adult. Jesus is now on the cross when he says this. Or the text says this. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. What was Jesus doing here? He was obeying the fifth commandment. He was providing for his mother. He wanted his mother to be taken care of. And so he looked at, he looked at the disciple. John, take care of my mother when I'm gone. That's providing for her. That's caring for her. He was protecting her. Do you see how the roles are reversed? When we get older, the very one who cared for us, the very one who fed us, who protected us, who nurtured us, who cared for us, now we're to do that same for them. Isn't that a beautiful design that God has? Honor your mother. Whether you're young, whether you're old, if they're alive, to the best of your ability, if you're able, honor your mother. 
Matthew 15, verses 3-9. through You can turn over there real quickly if you'd like. I want to make one, one, more, one more point under this third point before we move to our last one. Matthew 15, verses 3-9 through nine that we read a while ago. <clears throat> so he was talking with the Pharisees and scribes. He answered then, said to them in verse 3, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. That was the commandment. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever I have that would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or mother, and by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy to you, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men. In other English translations, I think it might use the word Corban. This, this money that we could help care for our parents, no, it's for God. Now, we're not going to care for our parents like we should because we're so holy. This money's for God. Jesus said, you hypocrites. You're breaking the fifth commandment. You are refusing to honor your father and mother by caring for them. Saying that, no, this money's reserved for God. What's the point here, guys? Don't ever use ministry as an excuse not to care for your parents. Don't ever use ministry as an excuse not to care for your spouse or not to care for your children. I hope you can see what he's saying here. Well, you know, I've got this... I I could help my parents out. I could help care for them. I could help honor them, but, you know, I'm so holy dedicated to God. You see the hypocrisy in this? You're breaking the fifth commandment for the sake of your tradition. And so we could do that so many ways. Well, I know my uh, I know my marriage is falling apart and my wife really needs me at home. And, and, and the solution could be me just loving my wife like I should, but i got to hit the streets and preach. You know, I know my kids need me. You could go on and on and on. I know my, I know my mom, my, my parents have this need and, and I, could, I could be there these later years in their life and care for them and love them and be honoring to God by honoring the fifth commandment. But I've got that mission trip I've got to go on. You see, we're to honor father and mother, guys. Now this doesn't contradict some of Christ's teachings that we're, we're not to love family more than God. That's not what this is saying. But there are times we honor our father and mother Okay? And we don't try to be a religious hypocrite. So, why should you honor your mother? Because Satan hates motherhood. God loves motherhood. Jesus honored His mother. And last, guys, because mothers are a gift. Mothers are a gift from God. This is why you should honor your mother. Mothers are a gift. And this is no matter who she is, guys. And I, and I understand I understand that there are some mothers who have not been good mothers at all. I get that. But the Scripture never says, well, if she's not a good one, don't honor her. It doesn't say that. I understand. Trust me, I've seen it. I've seen good mothers and mothers who were very poor. But the Scripture never says, you know what, if she doesn't live up to your standard, you're free from the fifth commandment. It doesn't say that. It says we're to honor 
our mother, to the best of our ability, no matter who she is and no matter who you are. Remember last week's text? The Son of God, the Creator, when He came to this earth, He humbled Himself, put on human flesh, and He was subjected to His mother and His father. So no matter who you are, no matter how big and <laughs> you may think you are, you're not too big for your britches. Is that the, is that the phrase? <laughs> or you think you're too big for your britches? <laughs> you're never too big to honor your mother. You're never too important to honor your mother. We are to honor our mother. She gave birth to you after all. We want to honor. So, so we as Christians, we as a church, we want to honor and love all of our mothers, right? All of our mothers. We want to try to do the best we can to honor them. So, so the command in Scripture is not to honor them only if they're a Christian mother and they deserve it. That's not the command. We're to honor our mothers. But having said that, how much more should we try, should we be motivated to honor our mothers who are godly mothers? Who are godly mothers, who love the Lord Jesus Christ, who have taught us truth? How much more should we be motivated to honor our mothers when they're godly mothers? Mothers, if I can encourage you today, mothers, mothers-to-be, veteran mothers, <laughs> mothers who are in the middle of it, in case you feel unappreciated, mothers, can I just, can I just tell you just straight up, your family needs you. Your family needs you, mothers. How do I know that? Because God says so. <laughs> Genesis 2.18, what, what did He say way back in the beginning? It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. He said, I will make a helper suitable for him. So you were needed right, right in the very beginning. <laughs> Obviously, you're needed for your children. Your husband needs you. Right? Your husband needs you, needs a, as, as the helper. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's exactly right. I kind of said the same thing right here, Shiloh. I want to I tell, I want to remind you husbands out here to tell your wives that you appreciate them. Okay? So if you're married, obviously this can apply to your wife who is a mother, even if she's not a mother. Tell your wife how much you appreciate them. Children of any age. I think that would include all of us, right? We're children. <laughs> we, uh, there was a lady who bore, gave birth to us. That's what I'm saying. Children of any age. Tell your mothers how much you appreciate them. That may be hard, harder for some of you to do than others. But tell your mom how much you love them. How much you appreciate them. I just want to tell my wife how much I appreciate you. As my wife, as my helper, I could not do... When I say I could not do what I do, I mean like there's a bunch of things in that that I could not do without my wife. And so thank you for the mother you've been. I love you and appreciate you. Um, mothers, you are such a weapon in God's hand. You understand that? Now I'm specifically preaching... Speaking to Christian mothers, you are such a weapon in the Lord's hand. 
You know, we think of um, the mighty evangelists and the mighty preachers that God has used, and praise God for them. But mothers. Mothers. I don't know if anybody is more important to the kingdom of God than mothers. I mean, that's a big statement, but that's, that's mothers. Thank God for mothers. <laughs> but you are such a weapon that God uses. You're a weapon that God uses against the enemy, that enemy we talked about, that liar. You know how many times that my wife, being my helper, has had to set me straight in my thinking because I'm believing lies. Lies of discouragement. Whatever they are. And she's like, honey, you're not thinking straightly. You're listening to the enemy. That's my helper. Oh, you're a mighty weapon in God's hand. As a helper to your husband's first. That's what we see in Scripture first. Wives, that is your first. That is your first ministry is your, is your husband. Husband, your wives. Children after that. But then you're a mighty weapon in God's hand to your children. With your children. To love them. To nurture them. To teach them. Teach them. Think of all the hours. Think of all the time that you get with your children. And nobody else will get. That's God's design. That's the way He wants it to be. To train your children. To discipline your children. And that's why I wanted to make sure that Obviously, fathers are in this as well. But mothers. You are a weapon in God's hand for the kingdom of God, for the life of your husband, for the life of your children, the job you have, the privilege you have. Don't ever let anybody tell you that your job is not important. No, your job is the most important. It is the most important that you have, that, that, that any of us have. Again, Satan hates God. He hates everything about God. If he could kill God, he would. <laughs> he hates God's plan for the family. He hates the church of Jesus Christ and God's plan for the church. And he hates God's plan for society. And he's trying to destroy it right before our very eyes, guys. And you know, societies, they do crumble. God hands them over. But one thing He'll never destroy is the church of Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus is building His church. The gates of hell will never prevail. And so motherhood, Satan hates all these things, beloved. Even the, 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 the plans that, have, that God has for all of these institutions that He's created, right? The family, the church, Society, God hates, or the devil hates all of this stuff, and motherhood is at the foundation of so much of it. Right? We wouldn't be here without you. That's rather obvious. And he's trying to destroy that very foundation of mothers through all of these perverted movements that we looked at earlier. We wouldn't be here without you guys, mothers, and the devil knows it. And so the attack, the attack is full fledged. Okay, they're not the, the enemy. They're, if, if, in case you haven't noticed, they're, they don't have it in. Um, they're not neutral, right? Nothing's accidental. They're intentional with their game plan. They want to destroy what God has designed, and we must stand with the truth. Okay, we must stand with the truth. 
I don't know how clear I can say it. I don't know if our church will ever even be on the radar of the authorities. I really could care less, whatever. But I will never, ever, ever marry a man to a man, call a man a woman. So if that gives me a prison ministry, then here I am. Okay? This is very clear stuff. Mothers. Mothers to be. Right? So if you're a mother, if you're a mother to be, Ladies in general, women, <laughs> can I encourage you to, to pursue what pleases God? Listen to Proverbs 31, verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. You know, that truth has become more of a reality in my personal life. And I, and I don't mean to talk being critical towards any woman created in the image of God, but what I'm talking about is like the world and Hollywood and, and they want to thrust all of the these these females, you know, into our whether it be your phone, your TV, they want to thrust it into you, half dressed, these supermodels. I'm telling you, um, and, and I don't say I, I, I just I, I give God credit. It's the grace of God. They become less and less Attractive. Does that, does that make sense? It's like they're not, it's not attractive. It's not attractive at all. It's, it's the devil's, it's the devil's counterfeit is what it is. No, women, all that stuff is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. I'm thankful for godly women. The influence for Christ, mothers, that you have that you will have on your children, you cannot put a price on it. You cannot put a There is no price. There is no price for the influence for Christ that you have on your children. No amount of money is worth, is worth it. The Scriptures tell us over and over and over. No amount of money is worth your influence on your children. So can I encourage you today? I say this with all grace because I've lived life long enough we've raised kids I've known other families but the, but the scriptures have a model for us they have a model so can I encourage you to please do all that you can all that you can do to be home with your children do everything you can do mothers to be home with your children especially when they're young they need you the model in Scripture is in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. If you want to jot this down, I'll read it. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. And obviously, we always get our definition of what is good from God's Word. Teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands. To love their children, to be sensible, to be pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Do you see that picture? That model? That model, as much as you're able, beloved, what this is saying is what are your priorities as mothers? As wives, you need to make your husband and your children your top priority. 
That's what it's saying. Now, it doesn't mean a woman can never work outside of the home. It's not what it says. But you need to make that your top priority. Okay? You can get in all kinds of circumstances. That's why I say this with much grace, much understanding, that there are all kinds of circumstances. But if you have the ability to arrange your life so that you can be there for your children, that's God's will, clearly. And, and I would say, on top of that, everything you can do, everything you can do, again, I say it with grace and understanding because I've lived it. If you're able to homeschool your children, this is not the same world, not the same schools that many of us in here grew up in. It's not. It's not. All of these, all of these agendas that we talked about in the first point is what they're pushing, even at the age of little bitty kindergarten. It's evil. It's wicked. Nothing's accidental. So I say in a perfect world, if you can do these things, do them by all means. Because I know there, there are single mothers out there. They're not able to do these things. So we must have grace. We must have grace and as a church, help any way we can. But the point is, you have a great influence on your children. Okay, can I say that? Mothers, you have such an influence on your children. I remember back in, um, well, it was, I think it was recorded in 1980. We watched it probably 15 years ago, Bill Cosby Live. Now again, this is when Bill Cosby was considered the cleanest comedian around. It was very funny. So this is way before some of his issues came about, or at least were discovered. But his, 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 his stand-up live that he did, I believe in 1980, about the family, it was just about raising kids. And he's talking about raising sons, you know, and spending all the time with them. And me raising boys, I, I totally got it, because they were all just like, mom, 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 mom. And so Bill Cosby was talking about just the influence a mother has. And he, he would spend all these hours with his boy, right, playing catch with the football. He raised him. He taught him. He worked out with him and just hours and hours. And, and his son made it to college playing football. First time on TV. He breaks, he breaks loose, scores a touchdown, and Bill's right in front of the TV going, he's going to say it. And what does he say? Hi, Mom. <laughs> what? Why is that? Because moms have an influence. There's something about moms. I live that too. Sometimes I feel like I don't even feel like I'm in the room. <laughs> and so there's something about a mom. You have such an influence on your children. And 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 and, and to a more serious note, listen to listen to Paul in 2 Timothy 1:5, making this very point. For I talking to Timothy, for I am mindful of the sincere faith with Within you, right? He sees Timothy's life. You're such a godly young man. I'm mindful of this, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am sure that is in you as well. These godly women you've had in your life, Timothy, I know that they had such an influence on you. You know, we're talking about mothers, but this applies to grandmothers as well. Grandmothers, what an influence you can have in that, that kind of last phase of your life. <laughs> well, I say that. My wife's a grandmother now, <laughs> which makes me a grandfather. But again, the same principle. The influence we can have on our grandchildren. You know, we're to honor, we're to honor grandmothers who are mothers. We're to honor our mothers. Women, mothers, 
You have such an influence on your children. And so in closing, guys, there's so many stories I could, that I was thinking of to close with, of, of stories I've read in church history about different evangelists, different preachers, different mighty men of God whom I've heard many share that the greatest influence in their life was their mother. But I thought of one, Augustine. Augustine was a womanizer. He was saved out at, maybe in his 20s. I, can't, I don't remember the age, but he was an adult. But he was a womanizer, living a very sinful, dark life. And in his testimony, he, he, uh, he gives credit, if, if that's the right word, the, the most influence, I guess you could say, two people in his life that, that he sees that the Lord used. One was Ambrose, the bishop of Milan, whose preaching he was sitting under. I guess when he started, God started opening his eyes. And the other one, he mentions his mother and her gospel witness in his life as a youngster and her faithful praying for him. That's what he attributes. And obviously God used him mightily, right? I mean, really, uh, I know like R.C. Sproul and others, they refer, uh, they use the phrase, um, Oh, how they pronounce it? Augustinianism instead of Calvinism. It's the, but that's what, that's what God used him for. Really the defense of the gospel of God saving us by grace through faith against Pelagian. So anyway, that's one of many, many examples of these men, women, people of God. And they look back and say, you know, the one who had the influence on my life was my mother. And if you read about that, he didn't listen to his mother back then. But she kept at it. She was just faithful, faithful, teaching him, praying for him, and eventually God saved him. So mothers, teach your children about Christ. Teach your children about Christ. The greatest thing you can do is to teach your children about Christ. Children, honor your, honor your mother, old or young, to the best of your ability. It is the fifth commandment after all. We're commanded to do it, every single one of us. And if your mother is lost, the best way you can honor her is telling her about Christ. Tell your mother about Christ. That's the best way you can honor your mother. If she does not know the Lord, tell her about Jesus Christ. And so church, if you're able, and you haven't done so yet today, go, go tell your mother how much you love her. Go tell your mother how thankful you are for her. And then not just today, do it often. Do it often. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, thank you for our mothers, Lord. Lord, some of us have had godly mothers, some of us have not. Some of us have had mothers that were present, some of us had mothers that were not. But Lord, you've you've given us all a mother. And Father, I just pray that each of us would look at our our situation, our relationship with our mother, and just determine how best we could honor her. And help us to do that, God, on a regular basis. So, Father, we thank You for our first birth that came through our mother. We thank You for our second birth, Father, that came through Your Son, Jesus Christ, Your Holy Spirit. We just thank You, Father, that You caused us to be born again. We love You, praise You, and we want to honor You with our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen.